You're listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Dumb Will Speak. I'm Roy. I'm Chalen. And Happy New Year. And I trust everyone had a um, happy... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and that you're you're healthy and you're you're safe and that uh, I hate that word safe because it's become the code buzzword of the modern cancel culture. Cancel culture. It's not safe. It's not safe. They're doing violence against me. But anyway, uh, one of these days we're going to have an episode. We talked about that before we begin recording. One of these days we're going to have an episode on language again, uh, defining our terms. And I just want to call it transgressive language. And talk about how we have altered the meanings of words that are very basic. And just um, just go into that, which would probably cause me to have to take extra blood pressure medication that day. So, how you doing, Chalen? Oh, doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Glad that, uh, well, I'm going to say glad 2020 is over, but not really because we learned a lot of uh, the state. I don't want to say theology because that's what Ligonier releases that uh, survey, but we learned a lot about the church, really. Well, uh, what what... Scary things about the church this year. The State of the Union. Let's call it the. You know, there that's you the address that the that the the American president puts out once a year. Let's call this the State of the Church, twenty twenty one. Yeah, that would be where a good are title. we at as we and that'd be the good title for our program. Today. That, that's that's where what we'll we go are with. as we enter a new year, and you know, as we record this, this is just January second, right? Yeah. So you are correct. So we're going to. I forget what day it is. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I swore all day yesterday Possibly it was Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, I, but I swore all day yesterday it was Saturday, and that today was Sunday. So. And we did learn a lot in 2021 about... 2020. I'm sorry. In 2020 about the church. Yeah. Uh, we learned a lot about what church is and what church is um, not, sadly to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I wish I had a better way to, to phrase it. Um, you know, there are pastors now that say persecution is not upon us. You know, let's keep in mind persecution takes different forms. Yes, it does. We do not have to be uh, losing our life and no. being martyred at the burned at the stake and being martyred. It may come to that, but persecution comes in degrees. Yes, many forms. And this idea of the this the soft tyranny eventually leads to hard for, hardcore tyranny, right? I mean, eventually, if they're if they're going to just limit liberty, personal liberty, and take away your right to expression and your your, your freedom to worship and your freedom to express your belief in God publicly because that view may counteract countermand the the standard of society because again they keep changing what the definition is of a civil culture civil culture today is not even civil culture five years ago sure you can't say well i hold to a biblical interpretation of marriage oh you're a bigot and well, before long that bigotry will mean to the point that you could lose your job could lose the stand, definitely lose We're your, already your there social standing. Sure, we are. Depending on where you live, depending on what where you work, that's all. There's already cancel culture, this censorship that involves. And you know the, the the crazy part is it's mostly coming from corporations. Everybody used to know you know hey conspiracy theorists used to always talk about corporate America right corporate America it's bad 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 guys corporate America is bad at this point. And, and people say, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a financial entity, right? It cannot be moral. It's amoral by its very nature. No, they're setting down from the top down. They're putting out policies for their, for their employees and for people even that do business with them, contractors, that are going to essentially take away the things that are guaranteed by the Constitution that says the federal government can't do it. doesn't say private industry can't, right? So private industry is where we're going to get the soft tyranny, the idea that you go along to get along. 
And if you don't, you're not going to have a place to work. You're not going to have a place to buy and sell. Kind of like Bible prophecy on the beast. What is the beast? We keep talking about the beast as a man. I've always said, and you'll recall when we, we were doing Revelation the last few years at the church, we both used to be at, I called it the beast government, the beast entity. Yeah, you always did. It's more than just a man. In fact, we know there's actually sort of a triunity there. You have the the abominable son of Satan. You have you have that beast. You have the false prophet. You have that beast, and then you have the entity of, of the of the the government and the religion that's going to be set up. And it's an economic system for first and foremost that comes into power. But beyond all that, and I'm showing my premillennial banner hard, aren't I? When Jonathan comes back, he may rebuke me for that. But yeah, sorry, you just keep on going. But you've got this multitude of things working together. And why is it? It's because man at his very nature, at his very core, is anti-God. The natural man is anti-God. He doesn't want the things of God because the things of God rebuke him for his sin. And no one likes to be told, hey, you're doing a bad thing or you're a bad person. I'm not a bad person. We're all bad. By nature, we're born bad. Man is man is a uh, uh, um, vipers and diapers. Vipers and diapers. That's a good one. Vipers that and come, diapers. Was that Lawson? Uh, or MacArthur? One, one of the two he talks about I know, talks I, about I, babies I that, that, that they're evil. They're vi- they're vipers and diapers. Yeah, yeah. Vipers and diapers. Yeah. So you know, by very nature, and we love kids. Uh, by the way. Yeah, we do. We both have them, and, and 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 we wouldn't trade anything for them. Not even a brand new Mercedes. Anyway, the uh, idea is is that corporate America is becoming the tyrant. And cancel culture from social media and from, let's not forget, higher institutions of learning. I so hate that term anymore because colleges and universities are anything but higher learning. Well, it's become almost a liberal machine, a political machine, I guess would be the better word. I hate the term liberal because liberals believe in freedom of speech. These people don't believe in freedom of speech. Yeah, they've kind of robbed that term. Libertarian, at the the very least, is is somebody that believes in freedoms and and they've kind of robbed that term. They've done a good job at at, at choosing their terms very wisely. Sure. They they co-opted what the liberals were. Pro-choice sounds warm and fuzzy. It means Uh, pro-death. It is pro-death. Murder in the womb. And... And I'll say this, for some reason, the younger generation gets a bad rap for this. And they are part of the cancer culture, uh, cancel culture, because as parents, we've, it was a generation of participation trophies. Yeah. You know, you haven't won anything, but you participated and here's your trophy. There is no first place. There is no winner. There is no loser. Just try hard and do your best. Try hard. We're all winners. And you know what? It was there. There's if that's the case, then everybody who sets foot on the baseball diamond or to play in the MLB, sure, there are people that are better than you, absolutely, in every walk of life that you do, and even the greatest that's ever been, man wise. We're not talking sure. about the greatest whom we know is Christ. There's always better. There's always coming somebody that's better. Uh, Tiger Woods was the greatest golfer for years, and there's guys now that can just, they outplay him every day. They outplay him every day. I mean, and so that culture gets a bad rap, but, or the, I'm sorry, that, that generation gets a bad rap. But at the end of the day, we, it was, they were spoon fed this sort of, I deserve everything. Sure. And we're seeing that spill over into the church now. Absolutely. Do not give me the hard truth. I, I love what Phil Johnson says, and Phil Johnson says, God is not some sort of Gumby action figure 
that you can mold and shape yeah. and do any way you want. Bend it and shape it, yeah. And he also says some. we've took the gospel and we have to smooth off every hard edge and make it round and soft and polished. There are truths in the gospel that are hard truths. F.F. Uh, F. Bruce wrote the Bible. The hard the sayings, the hard of, sayings Jesus. of Jesus. Yes. There are things in the Bible that are tough. I mean, he tells you to hate your mother and father. Now, when we study that, we understand that he's talking about the love that you have for him, thus the love that you have for your parents should appear as hate because you love him so much. So much more. But that's a hard truth. Of course it is. Of course it is. This this idea that you must hate everyone and then follow me. Nobody wants to. We're also told not to hate. What is he saying? Like you said, it's, it's, it's implied there that the very nature of your love for God should be so extreme that compared to your love for your fellow man, it's hatred, even though you're to love your fellow man. Absolutely. Yeah. And and, and that's what... And that's the hard part, man. Come it on. It is. And, and we so fail selfish it. people. I mean, I'm looking over here at my bookshelves and going, man, I just wish I had more books. You know, it's like a, <laughs> but it's that's covetous what happens. thing. We're so selfish. But that's what happens. We're just so self-centered. Yeah. I mean, and really that goes with any generation. That that. Yeah. It's not the younger generation. No, no, no. They, you know, no. They, they, if anything, the younger generation, they've, they've actually been made to be super soft in some ways. They're very emotional. They may be one of They're the most loving They're open with their emotions in ways that, that our generation and the generation before were not. Now, don't get me wrong. Our personal generation is X. And we, we sort well, of Well, actually, I fall in the millennial side. By one year, I think. By one yeah. year. Well, you lean more towards Gen X, uh, even in your taste in music. This is the first time publicly I've ever claimed that generation. <laughs> you tried to argue with me for I, a while, and I had to get, show you the There the, is the chart. One, one chart. One chart that puts the birth, the the <laughs> the year before, the, the uh, uh, 80 or 81, the, the Gen X starting. I'm like, that's the one we're going with. <laughs> Out of like a hundred, that sure. one. Yeah, most of them stop it. So that's the one I'm going with. Well, go ahead. And whatever, whatever gets you through the night, John Lennon used to say, right? Well, let, let me say this. Uh, you know, this this young generation, uh, they call them the snowflakes and all this stuff. People that are kind of harsh will call them snowflakes and all that. No, I do think they are, as you said, kind, gentle, loving, good spirits. They really want to help each other. They want to help the world, they, they, they're so scared. Remember the little girl screaming and crying into the camera over trees being cut down and how much it saddens her. We all, we all thought, oh, good Lord, that she was having a meltdown over this. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But at the same time, I feel for that girl because she's been brought up to believe that the planet is in such peril because of evil mankind and what we've done to the environment through the ecology that 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 she's probably not going to live to be sixty before the world explodes. In that, mon- and that's so sad. In that, montage, it's a lie. The lie of, of education is what kills me, man. I'm it, I'm feel for this generation. It, They've been brought up atheistic, paganistic, godless in a way. The Their god is the world, the, the earth nuns. itself, Mother Earth, Gaia. They love it. They worship it like the Greeks. It's what's termed now as the nuns. N-O-N-E. Yeah, they have no religious affiliation. Yeah, they, I have, they have none whatsoever. Isn't that montage? Immediately followed followed up by Vody Balcom going, the earth was made for us and we are to subdue it. Isn't that immediately it, followed up in that is, montage? Who uses that? It's Vody Balcom. Right, but I mean. But who, it's wretched. It's wretched, okay. It's wretched. Uh, well, yeah, he, yeah, that's it, right. Todd, that Todd Vody, uses that clip of that girl. Yes, it is. It's, it's and he Vody does follow it up with Vody. It follows but, up. But, but that's, but I remember when that made the news, when that made the headlines and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, and I remember we were sitting there, me and my wife watching TV, we looked at each other and said, God help this generation. I mean, seriously, they're sad in many ways because, again, 
they have no affiliation. None. No real spirituality. They're looking for it. They're seekers. They're not going to find it because you can't seek out God on your own. God has a call. And unless God offers a great invitation to the, to the world, this generation is doomed. You know, I used to be naive to the fact. I remember, and I think I've shared this with you. When I first surrendered to ministry, to teaching and pastoring, I remember I thought, you know, there will be hopefully be a great revival one day in this mass people, not not through me, but just in general. I remember thinking that, you know, it's just, man, you were just, the, the old adage is you could go through hell with a water pistol, kinda, sure. you know, and I remember thinking kind of that happens. And, and as I've progressed a little bit, as, as seasoned a little bit, I realized if you stand up and do like uh, Nehemiah or uh, Ezra does in Nehemiah, I believe it's chapter 12, and you get up and you open the book and you read the book and you explain the book. Folks just leave. Yeah, they don't. They just they just leave. They just disappear. You, you, you're not you're not feeding their lack of attention span. That's the other thing about the our generation and the younger ones is that they don't have an attention span. So so that leads us into this: the church. Yeah, I, I would say that is the church's fault for what we're saying because right now has church that we've seen on a global scale. Not become a dog and pony show. It has. Um, seeker sensitive. You sure. know? And, and the funny thing is, I've heard churches over the course of the last few years throw around the term seeker sensitive. When the, they themselves are seeker sensitive, but they won't realize it. Because we care more about our programs than we do the actual gospel. Than we do the things of God. We, we care about the programs. And what we've noticed with this COVID, with this virus is people were asked to not meet. And look, I'll, I'll, I'll be point blank. I was one of the ones that said, we didn't know what it was at first. We had no idea what it was. So those first few weeks, you know, we're now in, what, since March, it's now January, and we're in that many months of flatten, two weeks to flatten the curve. Nearly 10 months. Nearly fully. 10 months. And so, you know, I was one of the ones that said, let's back up. Let's see what it is. Because we were talking about the death of millions of people is what they told us right off the bat. So let's back up and assess the situation. And Well, this just in. Uh, Dr. Fauci has said that mandatory COVID-19 vaccines are possible for schools and for travel. And that the U.S. could issue coronavirus travel passports. Well, we knew that was coming. If anybody listens to James White, you know that's coming. That, that He predicted that three or four months ago. What is it he always says? I'm not a prophet or a I'm son a of prophet, a prophet. But I'm going to tell you, he's nailed this from the start. And then once we get to two or three weeks in, into this, or I would say two or three months into this, by the time May rolls around, I think we're all backing up going, hold up just a minute. We Sometimes, tried. We tried so we, to do everything that you said, and it's it's the, this is not working. And who's not it not working. working for? It's not working for the church. It's not working for the church. But then we saw this problem happen. And the problem that happened was you had two different types of people. You had the church that really wanted to get back to proclaiming the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because I said this one night, and I stand by this wholeheartedly and firmly now as I've ever stood behind it. We had a chance to get the gospel further than we ever did before. And we blew it. The World Wide Web was wide open. And we blew it. We spent more time worried about what we were going to do and how we were going to plant our hind end in a pew and listen to the dog and pony show. And keep the tithe money rolling in. And keep in. the tithe money rolling in. And that's what... Now, when I spoke that night, I didn't speak on tithing, even though it got misconstrued that way. But, but 
I stand as firmly as I did on that before. We had a chance to proclaim the gospel to parts and to people that had never really heard it before because people were looking for answers. They were scared. They were scared. When when your worldview is that you are all that really matters because you're going to be born, live a certain amount of years, and then die, and you want to prolong that life as long as possible with as many good years as possible, keeping both your mind and your body sound and safe. There's that word again. Um, what do you do when the world is suddenly not safe? And you, they can't, do what do, they always and you do. can't do the things you always did before. You're going to look inward. There is going to be some soul searching, as they say. And people were suddenly seeking again. 9-11. Remember the churches when September 11th happened? Packed. It was packed. Once again, they were scared. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so... The same thing happened, except this time they were not scared. They were scared to come in public. You know, I live in a rural area. Yeah. And you're at my house right now as we record this. A couple of miles down the road to the uh, uh, west of us is a, used to be a banner for a couple of years after 9-11. Instead of where everybody had God bless America, they had a giant banner on their barn. They had a giant barn next to their farmhouse and it said, bless God, comma, America. Uh, that's the best In other words, God. Should be we should be blessing God's name and thanking Him that more people didn't die in the twin towers, thanking Him that more planes didn't go down that day. They planned other things. Remember that? Yeah, that was just a. I mean, that was a large scale attack, but that was only a part of the plan that they were originally trying to get away. And with. again, during this fear, we all kept singing. Instead of the seventh inning stretch at the MLB games, they started doing "God Bless America." Right. Well, that sounds wonderful to a lot of people's ears. It just took the "God Bless America" land that I love, stand beside her, guide her. What about the fact that we should be proclaiming God? That not, should be not saying, God, God, put your blessing on us. How about we bless God's name first, and then we fall in line by obeying his law. And once we're doing that, he will pour out a blessing on the people that do that. Blessed is the nation whose God, whose God is the Lord, right? Take an individual. Look at Job. Sure. Look at Job. I mean. And you I, preached on that Sunday. Yeah, you look at Job, the, the, the greatest man to the East stands childless, destitute, sickness, and he had naked the lands. I come, naked I'll go. Sure. Blessed, Blessed be the name, be the the name, name of the Lord. Lord. Yeah. I mean, and that's Look, really... The hardest words to ever say in yeah. life is that the Lord gives, the Lord takes Take away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know how you do it. He's, he's sovereign and everything. He's in control of those situations. And and so now we, we come forward and we, we had a chance to get the gospel out. So, But we were worried about things that really were not... They were part of church, but not to the degree that we were saying... Well, what are those words you used to hear said that these are the, is it seven words of a dying church? We've I'm never. I'm to George Carlin. We've never. Not the no, same no, 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 no. Different, different words. We've never done it this way before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've never done it this way before. Seven what? words, right? So this was a new thing. Yeah. Doing things online, Facebook Live, YouTube videos, uh, websites, things like that. A lot of churches just didn't get with the program. No. And. And don't get me wrong. That shouldn't be our only presence. But, but it's it's the presence we had at that moment, and we should and have embraced we should have it. it. And a lot of churches didn't. And, and honestly, today in today's econ- in today's economy, with how cheap it is to get a website, I mean, we started one. Yeah. With how cheap it is to do this thing, this is a ministry, and and everything. Why wouldn't a church want to reach people? Why wouldn't it at least want its its people that are homebound that can't get out because of illness and just the decrepancy of age to be able to still watch them and participate? Perhaps even take partake in the Lord's Supper. Well, you, that's blasphemy. You can't do that unless you're in the presence of the other community, right? 
<laughs> I'm just oh. I'm asking for a friend. As you always say, yeah, to me. yeah, yeah. You got me on the technicality with yeah, with my own thing. Yeah. So, but in all seriousness, so if we get back to what is the church? Yeah. So what is the church in a biblical definition? Can I give you Roy's? Please, what I really believe the, the church is. Go ahead. Okay. The ecclesia was a community, a gathering, a body of believers. All believers. Right. That's Those that do believe what? Believe Christ is the Lord. Christ is Lord. So they are they are followers of Christ. They are they are Christoni. The word Christoni, I think it was I think that's Latin and it, it means little Christ, the followers of Christ. It became Christian, the term Christian, okay? You'll find it next. It's when they began to be called Christians. The church never called themselves Christians, by the way. Actually, wasn't it the way is what they were called? Yeah, they were followers on. of the way. The mm-hmm. way of what? The way of Christ. Yep. It's the way of agape. Mm-hmm. God love. Mm-hmm. The kind of love we're not normally going to do. But when God converts your heart and changes you and puts that new heart in there, you're going to love the way God loved. And then that's what the church is, right? So it's a community of believers. It's not a building. It's not a denomination. It's a community of believers. And by the way, it's a worldwide fellowship. Yep. Because it's everyone that's saved is actually a member of that universal church. That church is worldwide. Does God plant individuals in individual communities in small groups? Yes. And that's how the church spreads, into small groups in small areas and then expands. That's how it always was. So you plant churches. You plant churches everywhere. Okay? Once there's a handful of believers, they can be a church. All right? Because they are. They're the ecclesia, the community, Mm -hmm. the followers of Christ. That's the church. In my opinion, I don't think anything beyond that can even be said about it, other than that's what they do. And what does the church do? They baptize new believers. They disciple believers. They train them up, and they send them out as new missionaries to do what? Plant new churches. And they partake of the Lord's Supper. And I think they should partake of the Lord's Supper on a regular basis. There. End of Roy Rant. No, and I agree with you. Because I, <laughs> I'm sure you've got a, a better definition than no, I do. No, no, no. But the, there, there you go. You, if I were to look up Wayne Grudem's systematic theology and look up the definition of the church, it is pretty much what you just give a, a community of all believers. And I would add exactly what you add it, with that he stopped short there. And I think he stopped short of the definition of all believers. But you added, and I would agree with you, the thing of worship, teaching, fellowship, the two ordinances that we do, which is baptism and the Lord's Supper that we practice. Yes. Um, I, I believe those are two things, but I'll, I'll add one more. Okay. Church discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something lacking in the modern day church is discipline because once we're in Christ. Well, because I left out something. Go ahead. And one of the the great the great church planner of the first century, and the one that is is actually an author of thirteen books. Well, Apostle Paul. Yeah, of the twenty seven is Paul, and Paul himself did what? Established elders in those local communities. Yeah. So that's you're right. There has to be discipline. There has and, to. Be. And I and I forgot about that. No, and yeah, I know you did because, because you we weren't really talking about about governance. We've already done that with uh, Pastor Tom just a few weeks ago. And well, that, but but yeah, that is that is true. And I'm bringing it up because I think you're that, right though. Because I think that's one thing that that being part of the local body adds to when you're part of the universal body. Because I've said this comment to you before, and I, I think I've said it on the on the show before. There's nobody that's part of the universal church that's not part of the body of Christ. Right. But there is part of there there are people in the local body 
who are not part of the body of Christ. They're just false converts. They're right. they're there tares were, amongst the wheat. Yeah, religious people. They 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 presume to be Christians, but they're not. And they looked apart. The veneer. They 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 looked apart. And and the other thing I would add to it is regular worship, mm-hmm. regular corporate worship for the edification of the saints. Which now, we, we need that. Which we need that. We need because instruction. What are we supposed we need, to do? We need discipline. We need reproval when we've made a mistake. Yes. That's the discipline. We need that to have our minds filled with the things of Christ. And yes. we get that when we are together, singing songs of worship, praying together, whether it be holding hands uh, and, and praying and singing, whether it be taking communion together. These things are important. Now, granted, nobody's probably doing that particular thing right now as far as holding hands and singing, but... Uh, you know, and a lot of people aren't comfortable with that anyway. But I mean, th- that's the thing they used to do. Greet the brothers with a holy kiss. They actually used to give little kisses on the cheeks. You know, that was a thing, mm-hmm. right? We don't do that today. We shake hands or hug or whatever. And I'm fine with that. But don't make it routine. Nothing should be routine. Everything should be, I believe. Organic. Organically led by the Spirit. Now, there's a difference in Spirit-led worship and just routine worship. We do routine worship. Churches all across America and all across the world have got their, what, quote, order of service. Sure. And I call that the gospel according to the local <laughs> congregation. That everything's got to go in this order on this day. Can you point that to me in the Bible, though? And that's, it's not there. And see, that's what people That doesn't have. mean there isn't an order to service. That's different. No, And I'm okay with it having Because some spirit-led form. worship will not be chaotic. And for that, I recommend John MacArthur's book, Charismatic Chaos. Yeah. In which he differentiates between orthodoxy, little o orthodoxy. Uh, orthodox worship and things that get out of hand and where it becomes spiritualistic to the point that it's almost obscene. And we'll find that in places like Bethel and other areas. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm okay with organized worship where you've got some sort of structure of events, but it doesn't have to be so dogmatic that you're never willing to change or try anything sure. else. Why not? I, I mean, I've, I've always had a problem with that. And, and to add what you said, Colossians chapter three, verse 16, let the word of God richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching, admonishing, uh, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts in God. I mean, that's what we're talking about. When we gather to worship, Amen. there's this singing and praising because I think sometimes we forget who is the focal point of that worship. When we're gathered in that local body, and we're part of the universal body, who is the head and who's the focal point? The focal point of that should always be God. But for some reason, we've removed that focal point and we've made it on programs, a man who stands at the front. Yeah. It could be the the the, the music leader. It could I be have, the choir. I have such a problem with calling that the front of the church. Don't you come in the front door and go to the back to, to actually go to the stage? Well, yeah, you do. But I think it just... <laughs> Now, I, I know, a, I know. The only reason I'm saying it's just the old look. Tom said it. So best. when you call me a back row Baptist, it's really not true. I'm, I'm a sitting front in row. the I'm in the front row. It's the front you, there. Y'all just got your backwards and your frontwards <laughs> messed up, crossed. Yeah. But and I love what Pastor Tom said when we were in here that day. I do not ascribe to the front of the church is some sort of holy place that we go down. An altar. An altar. Like he said, it's just a place. What are we sacrificing? Yeah, I brought up there's no blood sacrifice anymore. Yeah. I forgot about that. You know, I'm going to have to... Oh, 
confession time. I'm actually going to have to listen to that episode. It's been long enough now. I always have to give myself a few weeks before yeah, I can listen to anything we do. Yeah, because I live with it for a few days before I send it out. Now we've said all that. Go ahead. You got something? You got, well, I you no. Got something up. I'm, I've got Second Corinthians six pulled up because you said you wanted I want to get, get there. That. Yeah. No, give me. I want to get there because that is the best place to go to. And when and you get to that point, four, go I ahead. Will read it. Go ahead, read read Second Corinthians. Just if you're following along, this is Second Corinthians chapter six, verses fourteen through chapter seven, verse one. There you go. Because again, chapter and verse transitions are man made; they're not they're not inspired. Do not. <laughs> well, let me add something to that. If you are carrying a New American Standard, they boldface the. Um, it'll be in a darker print. So where the new paragraph starts. So if you notice, a lot of times it a new paragraph may start in the second verse which encompasses the first verse with the last paragraph. I don't know what it it does does there. It's indented, indented and then you have a new new paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness or what harmony has Christ with Belial or or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, and then do you have a quotation from the Old Testament? I will dwell with them, will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God. They shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the defi- all defilement of flesh and spirit and perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And so we've got... That's the community of God. That's the community of God because it's talking about the temple of God in an individual level, but it's also talking about it as a plural level to being all the believers yoked together in a in a correct relationship. Sons and daughters of the Lord God. Sons and daughters together equally yoked because we don't have place with the unbelievers. Now, we're also told later in Scripture, don't pull up the tares from the wheat. Sure. You know, don't tell them up, but still... When we come together for that worship, that's what happens. We, we we will have church discipline if we're doing things right, but at the same time, we will never be able to determine who is and who is not saved. No. That's God. God's the judge of all. Now. And and that's why it's said, you know, in that parable, the master is asked, should we pull up the tares? And he says, no, at this point, the root system is interlocked. If you pull up the tares, you'll destroy <laughs> the, the tender young shoots of the wheat. Wait until it is fully ripe and you'll know in the harvest time and you'll burn up the tares which is a sign of symbolic of being burned in hell they'll be thrown away and i'm glad you brought that up when you did second corinthians uh six well i knew you were going to get there and well kind of went with no what, you, what you, you actually the perfect time yeah and the reason i say that is because i'm going to say something that most people will have a hard time with right now okay not one time is the church referred to as a building no not what well, let me say that one more time for those of you listening that may have just called me a heretic i'm going to say it one more time so you know i did not slip up not one time in the new testament is the church referred to as a building okay so see cuz after paul has made these compare and contrast belial what has the harmony of christ with belial believers in common with unbeliever verse 16 what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are, we as what? Persons. Persons. The temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them. Mm-hmm. He dwells in us how? Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. There's actually a residence. We are a temple of God. 
uh, it says, Paul also says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? Uh, King James would say, what? No, you not, you know, <laughs> uh, and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst, the midst of the unbelievers, the way the world does things, come out and be separate. Now here's the part we haven't talked about. This idea of this community of Christ, it's separated. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Separated unto what? Holy living. Righteousness. Set apart. In our daily lives. Boy, we're missing that. And you know why we don't have the spirit-filled power in a lot of our churches? We have a lot of carnal Christians. And I believe they can be saved. Don't get me wrong. I think they're saved, but they're living ungodly lives. Well, and That's scary. They will be judged in some way, whether it's in the, in the now or the hereafter. There's a judgment on that, even for the saved. Every man's works are judged. But more importantly, what damage do they do to the church oh. as a whole by living this way? What damage do they do to... A bad testimony. It's a bad testimony when they get out in the world and act, sure. act the way that... Have you act. not known people People say at the funeral, he was a godly man, a Christian, member of such and such church, a deacon, a pastor, a this or that, and you go, I worked with him for three years and never knew. He, Some, did, he didn't mention Jesus to me unless he was taking it as a curse word. Somebody that I knew my entire life. I mean, from the time I was born until he passed away, and I was reading, and I wasn't a Christian then. And when I read his obituary, oh I read that he was a deacon, and I thought, I never knew he went to church, never would have guessed he went to church. Now, once again, we're sinners saved by Christ. I understand that. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying here was a man who was supposedly a deacon, a air quote leader in the church. And I couldn't even have told you the man went to church. And how are you ordained deacon? You have to be a godly man above reproach. And, you know, I, I there, like I said, I, I knew him outside of there and I was just utterly floored by this. You know, I want to I go a step further what you're talking about the church, where we're talking about the church is not a building, you're talking about the temple. Yeah. When we talk about the city of Corinth, if we were to go to Ephesus, go to these cities, we always see it say the church at Corinth. Uh, Paul, I, I write, you know, Paul writes to the church at Corinth. We always hear that. Uh, the church at Antioch, the church at Ephesus, the church at Smyrna, the Philadelphia, Thyatira, all these churches that we see in scripture that are, that are written to. It wasn't like on the corner, there was one gigantic building and it was the first Baptist church of Thyatira. Exactly. There may have been. I, I, I'm not even going to venture a guess. A number of small house churches, sure, which then encompassed that local body. That local body, so, because they had overseers. They had overseers, so each house church would have had its own elder mm-hmm. that was doing the thing. But then they were all together because they were at the Church of Antioch, whatever church you want to include. We'll just use Church of Corinth. They were all at the Church of Corinth, so they may have met in house groups. And then once they met in those groups, because they didn't, they, you know, keep in mind what conditions are they living in. History matters. Yeah. Bible history matters. And let's also remember through the book of Acts, we know that the only church that's ever explicitly stated that they did things like sell their property and live in, live in a community and all that sort of stuff was Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Recall why they were doing it. These were Jews who'd become Christians and now they're being persecuted by fellow Jews. Yeah. They had no choice if they wanted to survive. They were under the kind of persecution we were talking about earlier where you didn't have a work. You didn't have work anymore. You didn't have anything. So these people had to live off the kindness of others and each other. And that is why Paul collects money to take back to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the mother church. Note that the mother church was not in Rome. Sorry. No, no. You're, and, and that goes perfect. What, what we're saying is this ridiculous idea 
that somehow you're only part of this local body. And all this ties in to what we're saying about this younger generation, because frankly, they want nothing to do with what we air quote, air quote call church. Absolutely. Look, he's been deceased a couple of years now, but when when Chuck Misser was alive, he was talking about a church out in California that was pretty much millennials. Now, of course, Gen Zers are out there now. Mm-hmm. That's the IGN that we've been talking about, the the ones that, that are very, very young, the teenagers and, and all that. But but the the group that he was dealing with was the millennials, and he was talking about how they were mostly a house church. They only got together for certain services in a larger setting. And when they did, they would have to rent a facility to get together. For the most part, they had an overseer and they had various elders and they had house churches all throughout the Oakland and San Francisco area. And he said it was one of the best churches he'd ever, he'd ever had the privilege to know the people at. And they do everything in people's homes and stuff like that. They have Bible studies, small group settings. And he said that I think that's the future of the American church. It's already the church in China right now. Sure. It's already the church in China. And by the way, they're they're under heavy persecution, but they're growing rapidly. We have no idea how many exactly are truly born again in in China because we can't get accurate records. David Platt wrote a book. I cannot remember the name of it. It's Orange Cover. It's one of the first books. Because he did missions in Asia, correct? Yeah. And and he went, you know, to one of the countries, I, I believe it was China, and he went and he was teaching. And he had to be moved by the cover of night because he would have stood out like a sore thumb. Sure. But he had to be moved to cover night, had to wear hooded sweat. And he talks about all this in, in the book. Man, and it's 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 really aggravating me not knowing the name of that book right now. But um, he goes to teach one night and they ask him to, uh, to teach the Bible, the New Testament, I think it is. Uh, they said, teach the New Testament. And he goes, what book? No, the, the New Testament. They didn't have it. They had it, but they didn't understand it. And they just want it. They, they just wanted God. All they wanted was God. And here David Platt is, uh, this missionary comes in and they want him to teach the whole Bible. We can't even get people to set through a 20 minute homiletic rant, which if you're sitting through that, I'm sorry. Yeah. But look, we've got, we're, we talked about this in, radical. Our, in our radical. That's the radical. book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've heard of that. Never read it. It's there, a good book. There, there's this, I think I talked about it in our, our episode on Bible translations. I think I did. Um, but um, we have an un, we still have an unreleased episode on that. So we got to get back to eventually um, there. But that in America, we're so we're blessed with so many various translations and all that. And they would just like to have someone come and explain one, mm-hmm. one good one in their language, like in Mandarin or one of those languages, native languages, and just explain it to them. Um, we're we're so fat and lazy. I don't know any way to put it. Well, like I said earlier, let me go sit in my pew. Yeah. Let me go sit down in my pew. Keep the bench warm. Keep, you know, let me go sit down. Turn the heat up. Make sure it's a little cold outside. Yeah. Uh, you know, turn the heat up. Let me sit down in my pew. Let, give me my programs because I'm going to go to Sunday school. We we won't even work to learn our lesson in Sunday school. We buy some kind of book that's already put it out. Yeah. So all I've got to do is sit down and read this jargon to the class. Well, the various denominations, the, the Methodist Church has it, uh, several of the uh, Presbyterian uh, groups have it, the uh, various Baptist groups, the the SBC has Lifeway Publishers. Uh, they put out that that curriculum every, look, every, it, every three months or something like that. And look, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not saying everything that's in it is bad, No, but it's so lightweight. I always no, call it Lifeway, Lightway. And let me apologize 
for my statement that I said there. There are people that do teach those classes and they take time and study and they, they do understand that text. But, but I, what I'm saying is that has also produced a lot of, um, superficial, superficial teachers who, who, who it's a crutch. Well, it makes anyone a teacher. Yeah. And, it's and a, that's not true. I don't think to teach the word that it's just, okay, we're going to have you fill in because so and so is not here. And, uh, by the way, they, we think they're not going to come back to the class. Can you just take it over? We've got all the curriculum. You don't have to do that. Just read it every week, and then you go over it with them. It makes it so simple. Anybody's a scholar, but actually no one's a scholar because no one's trying. No, and you know as well as you do, but you know as well as I do because you I can't even a, sit through those classes. No, and you've put a lot of time in that. You know, I sit through your Revelation. You've taught through Daniel verse by verse. It takes time. When you sit down and prepare a lesson for those, it takes time. It takes work. It takes it takes effort. Um, and, and so, like I said, I retract my statement that I, I, I can't. Oh, they're not of, all bad people no, or anything like that, or even bad teachers, but they, they still have that, well, they have that backup. They have that I, yeah. crutch, and I don't like that. I think our, our teachers should be held to the same kind of standards that we hold, uh, deacons and elders. Yeah. And, I and really the reason do. I'm retracting that statement is because I, I think our elders should be the teachers. Well, and the reason I'm retracting that statement is I don't want to think I threw everybody under that lazy blanket. I didn't because there are people that use the library sure. books and are good teachers and they put a lot of time into it, but they follow the curriculum because, because believe it or not, there are churches that take that curriculum and there's actually a theme that goes with it. So they have some sort of theme that goes with it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, so not, I, I, I'm retracting. We made, a, we made a broad generalization yeah, and now I'm, we're backing it up just I'm, a bit. I'm retracting the uh, narrow mindness of that statement that yeah. I just made. But what I have witnessed in the past is there is a lot that it just breeds the laziness yeah. and you know I you know I've heard it said before when you come in and sit down well I haven't even had time to read it so I'm reading it for the first time with you great you're okay you're teaching this class to us you're telling me now that you haven't even read the material that you're about to teach me mm-hmm. it's kind of like every dad on Christmas morning when the kids open the presents that they're just as shocked as the kids are. I've been there. So I feel like that's what every teacher is, is they read it and they begin to read it. And it's like, well, I didn't know that meant that. Yeah, I'm you, learning you, this for the first time. You too. get a big hug. Thank you, daddy. Yeah. And you're looking over at your wife going, good job, honey. I say that. I, I usually know what my kids get for Christmas, just so I don't fall into that category. But you know what I'm saying? And these, these people become just, it, it just, we, we've caused it. I lost my headphones. <laughs> We've caused it as a sense of security. And, and so we get into all, we, we talked about all this and, and this is what is driving the younger generation away because I think John MacArthur is a good example of a, a man standing faithfully behind a pulpit for 50 years, expositing the word, not, not a homiletic rant, not, and let's get, Realistic. A lot of these people that get on these homiletic rants, there's truisms in it. May not be in the text that they used as their launching pad. Right. But when you, something happens when you exposit the word of God, verse by verse, book by book, you can't get around the hard truths. You can't get around because, okay, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, there's some tough things in that. There's some tough things in that as a Christian. You know, you're told in chapter 7 to enter through the narrow gate. Uh, it's agonizomai. It's, it's going to be agonizing to get through that gate. You're going to strip off everything that you are to everything that he is. 
and agonizingly go through that gate. That's tough. So you want me to drop myself, whom I love, follow you and just strip off all the luggage. I don't know. It's a lot. What did he say? To pick up a cross pick daily? Pick up a cross daily. And, and, and on those people... I mean, what, that, that was a picture of unto death. The Via Della Rosa. Yeah. People are going down... Those, those people knew what it meant to take up that cross and go down that road. And, and so you take Matthew, the, the, the Beatitudes. So when I, I'm, I'm saying Matthew, but that's where the largest yeah. portion of it is. There's some, there's some tough things in there. So if I'm exposing the Word of God, and, and we began in Matthew 1. We got a math backstory of who Matthew is. We're, we're walking through them. We get to Matthew 5, and it's like, you know what? We're going to skip past this. We're just going to move on and go past. Wait a minute. Back up. Why did you just skip that many chapters? You can't get around it when you exposit the Word. But if I get up every week, and all I'm doing is some sort of homiletic truisms of what has got under my skin for the week. I can, I can cherry pick whatever I want to do. Well, w- when you do that, you neglect something that we like to call hermeneutics. Oh, which is a which is which is clear theory of interpretation. Here's your plug, Herman Who. Herman Who, yeah. Who's Todd, your, here's Pearl. your plug, Todd. You're Todd. welcome, Herman Who. Yeah, Herman Who at. Uh, Wretched Radio. Herman Who, available at wretched.org. .org, that's it. That's it. Um, I wanted to... I derailed you totally. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> but no, you said proper hermeneutics. We're, yeah. we're saying to get around that, you had to... To get around that, you had to just give up on following the, the text and the context of, of the chapter and verse you're in. And you'd bounce around the scriptures to find proof texting. And I cannot stand that. Don't get me wrong. Cross-referencing is not the same thing as proof texting. Oh, yeah. Totally different thing. Totally different. In case you don't know, proof texting is when you take a few uh, random verses in the Bible and you build a theory on it. You build your whole message on it. Or you even build a, quote, doctrine of the faith. There there was an evangelical, or evangelist, I'm sorry, an evangelist that come around. And I remember what he said. I'm going to use Romans 8, now I think it was like 20 and 21 or something. That's going to be my springboard for the night. He reads it, and off to the races he went. And he's, then he's all over the map from there on out. He didn't do nothing with Scripture. Never exegeted the Scripture. Never even went back and handled the Scripture. Here's my springboard. It had one little word in it that I liked, and off to the races I go. Yeah. And, and you know, and I made it through like 10 minutes of this. He preached for an hour. I happened to look at the YouTube video. And here's what I'm going to say, and you're probably going to go, oh, boy, you went down a road now. Okay. Evang- evangelist. Yeah, have the same 10 song and dance things that they're going to do because their ultimate goal is to jog that guy's mindset, get him down the altar because he may feel guilty for something, and then that was a successful night. Right. I'm sorry. That is, you have moved to a synergistic point of view and not a God-centered point of view. Who's doing the drawing? God or the man? Yeah, it has to be the Holy Spirit. Uh, Man cannot save anyone. No! Uh, we're, we're called to preach the word, and that's all that we're called to do, in season and out of season. Whether it be popular, whether it not be popular. Whether we feel like it, and whether we don't feel like it. But you, I love the people that will be like... Because sometimes, you, let's face it, sometimes wouldn't you like to just do a light 30 minutes and go home? No. No! no you know no. what I'm saying, though. You will have those days where you're just feeling bad, and you're like, you know, I could I could just skip some of this stuff You here. know why I can't? I, I know. I'm you just know saying. You, I'm you, just you, saying. You, that there is a there is a tendency in mankind to be lazy 
or to be, you know what, I want to, I want to hear a lot of amens today. And so I'm going to say this because I know that'll get it. That's the pushing the hot button ticket. ticket you know? Now, I was there. You know when I was there that I, I, that, that I did. I, I was there at one point that way. Not anymore because I get excited about the truth in the word of God. I know so you So my energy, I, I was and, being, I, and I used, I know you're I being a I was generalizing because here was the thing. Uh, a lot of, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to pull the curtain back for a minute. I am, as you know, we are developing a studio mm-hmm. in my basement. And um, you got to see the preliminary of it today. Uh, I'm nowhere near done with it, but I'm going to be working video on, a, coming on a studio. Soon. Video coming soon. Going to be working on a studio. And the thing is, in that, I'm going through books. I'm going to have the ability to display books that I've had in, in, in basically in storage. And I found a book <laughs> from Broadman and Holman, academic. Mm-hmm. So this is not just your average Holman book, okay? This is not just your typical Lifeway stuff. This was a academic book, um, and I haven't looked up the author to see what the deal is, but I know he was—he's a seminarian. What's no, the title? I know he is a professor. It is basically just church administration. Okay. I don't know how I got this book, but here's what I want to say about it: it's going to be thrown away. I'll never read it. Not even hate read. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just read something to have something to talk about yeah. against it. I can't even do that. I can't waste my time. I don't have enough days left in this life. You know, teach us a number of days, Lord, uh, to, to mess with this book. But I looked through it and looked through the, the chapter divisions, what they are. And I was just like, this is all telling you how to run a corporation. It's a pastoral training book taught yes. in seminaries to teach you how to be an administrator. God forbid that we are a corporation. No, we're a corporate body. Yes, we talked about that well ago as a body of believers. We're not a corporation, guys. We're not a building. We're not a denomination. We are the saved and the called, according to his purpose, to go out and reach others. We are to compel them to come in. We are to, we are to beg them to at least hear the word of God, and then the Lord will take it from there. And, and we do believe there has to be leaders in the church. Sure. Just but as we believe in evangelism, that, but we, we don't. Believe in evangelism. But I'm not talking about pulling on people's heartstrings. There's a no. big difference. We believe in evangelism. We believe in, in, in witnessing. We believe in all those things. But I do not believe in what you're saying to piggyback on that corporate theme. I do not believe in a CEO-led church with a singular elder mm-hmm. and then a board of directors underneath them. Oh, the dude, CEO, this was talking about church councils, deacons. Yeah. It was talking about finance committees so, and all this stuff. And I'm like, why, why, why? Why do we even have this? So if I have a plurality of elders, all men equipped to teach scriptures, and now there is a pastor teacher sure. that is this part of that. And, but they are working as the committee. They are working as working the council. As this we don't need a bunch of just people with no thought. No, because Tom said it in here, and I witnessed this myself. We were voting one time at our first church, and my wife and I were, well, we were new married. We, we didn't have any kids yet. I don't, I'm pretty sure we didn't. It was right around the time we were going to, but we voted on. Our, our basement was leaking. We had to do something. We had to be able to get a new building. We had to do some repairs. We had to do something. Really, the most cost effective was to build an economically uh, sound building. It didn't break the bank because otherwise you've got to pick up the building, pour a new basement underneath Your it. foundation was The foundation trouble. was yeah. terrible. And, and it was just, so we were better off to just build a cost effective building with some classrooms in it and a, and a sanctuary. And it was going to cost less to do that than it was to do uh, the other. And we moved through this whole process 
And it's the, now there we were elders. We were titled deacons, but it was not. It was a, every man, including the pastor, got together. We all had one vote. Looking back, it was elders, and but it was titled deacon, but we all sure. had a vote. And, it, and and so it was not a pastor-led. It was it a, worked it was like a, a true council it of worked elders. Like a, it worked like that. And and so we give our recommendation, and we've done some cost numbers, and we come back and we said, okay, here's what we think. But we were congregationally led as far as the vote. Okay. So we stopped short of those men being the one to make the decisions, and it was congregational vote. So it's either vote yes or no. I saw people that night of the vote, and I had been there six or seven years at this point. You'd never seen them before. I still don't know their names. But they were on the roll of this church. Sure, that's pathetic. And I don't know who these people are. And and I'm sitting there just but, shaking your But head. are they on the only roll that matters, which is the book of life? That's between them and God. I know. My my, I mean, my point is though is is we is is and this goes this piggybacks on what we what we have been saying with with Pastor Tom is that the church as it's as it's as it's a local body of believers and then as the universal church, its role is far different than what we sometimes act as. And we were talking about what is the state of the American church in as we enter twenty twenty one. And I'm going to say something. I think it's in total disarray, and I think twenty twenty showed that. Well, and I and I think what's going to happen in twenty. 20- or I'm not going to say 2021, moving forward, as we move forward, the, those of us who want to teach God's word, the, the hard truths, they're going to turn to the softer ones and go, well, they're not doing it. You should be more like them. So the ones of us who do teach verse by verse, and I'm not saying you got to be expositor and you got to sit down every week. You just have to not shy away from biblical truths. Correct. That, that's simply, that's the simplicity of what I'm saying. I think if I'm going to make a prediction, and as James White says, I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet. Here's the thing. I think we're going to see a, and you and I have talked about this on our phone calls, which is what actually developed into this podcast is the things we talk about. I think you're going to see a great calling of the church roles. I think people are going to stop being a part of it as it, as it begins to cost you more to be a Christian. More Christians will, quote, not be Christian anymore. We've had a purge Christian in 2020. In name yes, we have. We've already began Yes, the we purge. have. That's what I'm saying. 2020 has proven this. We're in a state of disarray, but what is that disarray going to lead to? I actually think it may lead to a purer church in which we see the bride of Christ for what she really is. See, there's a word that nobody likes. Purge. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, there's, that's, that's, and it's not always a bad thing. No, it can be purification, like purification. a fire. Like a fire refines gold, right? It pulls the And wood. that's one of the th- symbols the Bible uses constantly about us being refined. Purity, so like a, like a fire with, within gold. Okay, now it's purified. We are purified the same way when God burns away the dross that's accumulated. Dross is that lesser lesser uh, lesser material that is, that, yeah, that's on the gold. When the dross is burned away, what happens? A much purer and more refined gold. When you burn away the dross of our lives... Whether it be our selfishness, our materialism, whatever it is, our religiosity, as opposed to true spiritual development, and you get rid of that, what do you have? A better Christian, a true follower of Christ, and that's what we should be praying that we all become. And, and like I said, we moved into this. Well, let's discuss briefly what happened to me a week ago today. I got up early in the morning and I, I study like I always do. And then I begin to sit down and watch TV and I was watching a news channel and I was flipping through actually. And I noticed right after that, there's some oh, televangelist yeah. channels. Folks, this is the, this is what led to this topic today. <laughs> so I, I'm watching this as I'm flipping through the channel and, and 
I get to about the third one, and I realize they're all just the 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 money televangelists. Health and wealth. Health and wealth. Thank you. And I don't. It was called camp meeting or something, which you know, joy to that. And uh, so I, I I get to listen to this guy, and the guy just begins to talk, and he begins to go, you know what? Are are you having trouble in your life? Are you having trouble in your finances? Are you having trouble in just insert whatever you want? I mean, whatever. I, I'm going to say something so broad that I'm going to include everybody that is listening to the sound of my voice that you're going to fall into one of these Whichever categories. personal and social yeah. world you can think of, yeah. If you do, God wants to bless you. I thought, well, you have my attention. Now send me money. He says, and the next thing out of his mouth was, God wants to bless you. Get up and send me $1,000 so he can bless you. That much, huh? What happens if I don't have $1,000? You can't get your blessing. I cannot get my blessing. So what you're telling me is, it's so... You know, before we had television, you also had the radio preachers. They were already out there in the early 20th century. Put your hands on the radio. And God, I'm going to pray a blessing upon you. I'm serious. I've heard old tapes of it. They exist. Those guys were always there. Look, the money peddlers have always been there. And they are those messengers of the of the angel of light, right? Remember? Oh yeah. He's got his own Satan. It can appear to be an angel of light, and he can have his messengers. They, in other words, false prophets, false preachers, and they infiltrate the actual church, and they do damage. Hey, what is that Lutheran satire? Uh, <laughs> <you> <laughs> oh yeah, you where where Satan and says that Satan, he's going to come he's up talking with to Kenneth Copeland. Yes, and he says, "Really, you're going to go close? That's what you're going to go is." And he and he disappears, peers back, and goes, They give me a thousand dollars. What? And then and <laughs> the other demon goes. What? The other demon goes and it's it, it's oh uh, it's great. But it, it it's what we see today. I think at the end he's Joyce Meyer. One of them becomes Joyce Meyer, I forget. Yeah, yeah, there's a oh boy. You know, listen to her yesterday read a portion of scripture. What's then, wrong with you? You know, I had a lot of time on my hands. I had a lot of research time on my hands. <laughs> Again, not enough days left in my I life. I had a lot of research. I'm only eight years older than you, but well, I'm already I'm feeling tell you it. This. God is going. It was is the revealing long- to me that I need to learn to number my days and treat each one wisely. Well, it was the longest two minutes of my life. <laughs> I will tell you that because it was like, wow, I, I got a portion of scripture read to me, and then I don't know what we're talking about. Well, if all you need to do is get her amplified study Bible. No, the Amplified Bible has a Joyce Meyer version. You can go get it now. No, I'm good. I'm I'm perfect. But we we say all that. We've talked about the Universal Church. Let's kind of bring it in for a landing. I'd say we've been going for a while, and and let's bring it in. For we've a picked landing. on a lot of people today. And, and and if we bring it in for a landing, and I want to think about the metaphors that are used for the church. And and when we talk about we talk about the Universal Body of Christ. I mean, we we know there's local bodies. We know those local bodies were in them local cities, and sure. they all compassed one city church, I guess we could say. Which is why he says, to the churches at... Whatever. Antioch. And, um, but if we were to look at metaphors in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you were the body of Christ. All through Revelation, were the bride of Christ. Um, here's mine and your personal favorite. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to back away for a few minutes and let you have the mic, Okay. The household or family of God in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. 
I'm going to let you just run to the races with that one if you so choose. If not, I'll just keep on moving. I'd rather not. So, and, and we see that household. In okay, but the household does not mean, okay? The household, people will say that that draws an allusion to the Old Testament and to the temple, and that means it's a building, and that means that they had buildings, and that therefore the, the New Testament church, by its nature, must meet in a building that is designated as a church. False. It's false. We just said, the first century church got along quite fine meeting in houses. Thank you. It, it, and I'll move on because it, I don't it, I don't want to burn any more bridges. No, I am not. When we say there's an inside You joke. knew I was going to there's have a inside. statement on that, but, but I, I was going to let it go, I, but I really can't. Well, I don't. And here's what I'm going to say. This isn't targeted. No one. What I'm going to say, when we talk about household, it's the people in that household. There's the mm-hmm. head of the household and there's the people in the household. It's not a... There were the servants. It's not a building. There's the, the servants, family the members. Family. Because in, in Acts chapter 16 with the Philippian jailer, it says... And then you, when you look at it, it says the jailer and all of his household. Yes. Okay. We got to look at the customs to be able to understand that statement. Because if we say that, then we're like, oh, well, so if you're saved, then your whole family's saved. We got to look at the history there a little bit because we got to know that in biblical times, the leader of the house, the the, the male, the, the husband, the leader of the house, they, and, and this is still this way in customs today. They believed that whatever that person chose was the right way because he was the head of that household. So that's how we see the the Philippian jailer and his household was because they believed, okay, if if that's him, then he's right because he's the leader of this household. That's why it's him and his household, and I, not I, him and his I building. I want you to see that there is a principle in Scripture that that's just another example of. That the man, as the head, of the, as the spiritual head of the hold, right? Mm-hmm. That that's everything within that house, the hold of it, his property, everything involving in that. As that spiritual leader, when he has truly been converted and made that decision for Christ, okay, what happens is his sphere of influence begins to broaden yes. throughout that family. Now, and community, are, yes. And what you're going to see is much if he's living the life that he's been called to live as a godly man. You're going to see salvation come to his household. You are. You will normally see multiple members of that family saved. Can you have a prodigal? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Can you have a false convert? Absolutely. You can. Can you have all that? Yes, you can. Can you have someone that just says flat out, I reject you, and I reject your system and be an atheist or, or, or join some false religion? Yes, you can. There's no guarantee. When it says bring up your children in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it, will not leave it. It doesn't, it's not a blanket statement that every member of your household will be saved and they will never break your heart. They will never cause shame to your family. So get over that, folks. It doesn't make you a bad Christian parent if you have one that goes, goes apostate. It happens. It happens. It's happened to prominent. It's sad, but it's not the, it's not your, it's not, in other words, it's not necessarily your failure. Now it could be, you know yourself better than I know you, but you may have made mistakes as a parent, but don't we all? Well, and I was going to say, I almost said prominent, but guys that we know that are, that are in the faith, we know they're good people. They've had prodigals. It's, Absolutely. It's Absolutely. It could happen to me. My kids are young. I come from a family that has seen its fair share of. Sure. And I think if you dig down, every family has probably seen that in some, it may be a couple of generations back, Everyone, but I, you know, it, it's I, happened. I don't know a, a single person in my family that didn't claim to be a Christian, but I've also seen issues with certain people in my family where I've been like, what do you mean? But, what does that mean to you? But also in that same verse, 1 Timothy 3.15, we see one of the great things, because of, I think that's where it's at, 
it's a pillar in truth. It's the church that that universal is a pillar in truth of the community. Yeah, it's where you should be able to find rest. It's where you should be able to find the truth, the, the really the truth proclaimed. Which goes back to that idea of being a clean and pure bride. Absolutely, be, of living that righteous, separated, come out from among them and be separated, says the Lord. Why? Because they won't see that pillar and truth if you're living like the world. So your personal walk is so important daily. Well, I love Bunyan's The Pilgrim Progress. Because it being, again, we're talking about it not being the Bible, about not being the, sorry, not being a building. You're not really going to get, you're not going to get your greatest influence there inside a building. No. Your greatest influence is when we go out into the world, even though, and we, and we show that we're not actually like them. And we're living with them. We were once them, but now we're separate. They see that change, and then they want that change. And I think the Pilgrim's Progress, uh, Bunyan, when he wrote that, did a really good job. Or they hate you and want to kill you, but it's one of the other. They did a really good job because when we get on the narrow path, it would be so easy if that narrow path runs separate of the broad road. It does not. It does not. They intertwine and cross. They cross each other. Constantly. And they're always parallel, so they're near each other. and, And you and I are both the same way. We have jobs in the world. And we're to be different. Mm-hmm. And it's just what we are to be. We are to be different. A couple other, um, one of them I've already said, the pillar and support. Another one is the temple of God. But also, this is a very important one. I'm going to say th- I'm going to say this one first and go back to the important one. Kingdom of God, that's also important. We see that, the, 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 the kingdom of God. But also, here's one of the things that I, I've always liked, and they talk about in the book of Acts, the flock. The church is described as the flock. And and the flock is given under shepherds for their care. There, there is the great shepherd. We're the sheep in his pasture. We're the sheep in his pasture. He is the great shepherd. Mm-hmm. There is under shepherds. It's not, as I have said before, dualism. And there's two people um, competing for who is the head of that flock. You may have a pastor teacher, but he is still part of the flock. He is still under the subjection of the lordship of Jesus. Oh yeah, Christ. there's only one shepherd. We just he have is the shepherd. We just have uh, we have servants of the shepherd that, that yes. help. So moving forward, as we go into twenty twenty one, I don't think this problem with the church, I guess we could say, of running to the culture, is going to cease. I don't think it's going to go away completely. I, I don't know if it'll ever go. I don't away. think it'll ever go away. We'll always have that. Well, we competi- had it since Jesus. Well, yeah, we'll always have that competition between um, those that just want to be loved and accepted by the world, and forget that if you're going to follow Christ, you have to forsake, as we said at the beginning, all others, including yourself. And that 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 inner turmoil that some people have, they yield to the one side, the flesh, more than the spirit, and because of that, they're weak. Weak Christians. I'm not saying they're lost. No. I'm talking about truly saved people. They're just weak Christians. And I will say it again. That stems from what's coming from the pulpit. I, I think John MacArthur says it. So goes the pastor. So goes the church. Yeah. If you have a pastor who... I'm not saying what he not what he says is not true. But if he's just on some kind of rant, then that's... So in any in in say he's really nice about it or he's mean spirited about it, whichever one of those two characteristics that happens, the congregation tend to take it on. 
If you have a guy that is loose on the word of God, then you're going to have a congregation that's loose on the word of God. A good example of that, Grace Community Church. They are under a little different persecution than, say, we are here. Sure. Because... Because of the government in California. Well, they were actually told... Newsom. They were actually told to meet, uh, to not meet indefinitely until the, the court orders came. They're being persecuted. They're, they, and so they're, they're having to do things different. And I think Todd Friel nails it. What your church does to what my church does may are going to look totally different, but you need to do what's best for that flock. And, and don't judge somebody else for doing this if they're not doing that. Because it looks different for every flock. So if you choose to meet and you choose to do everything like normal, my only question is to you, are you doing it because it's what you've always done? Are you doing it because Scripture commands? Because if you're doing what Scripture commands you, then I have an easier time versus I just want to run to my programs. I think that's what I'm getting at more than anything, and that's what frustrates me more than anything. Are you running to your man-made programs, or are you running to the scriptural truths found in his word as to what the called-out group of believers is supposed to do? I think that's the ultimate question. And all I can say to that is amen. I mean... I think we've pretty much... I think, honestly... If we had to beat a dead horse now, we could whip it and yeah, just keep yeah. doing it. But, but that's that sums it up right there. You know, we're all, we're called according to a purpose. We have a purpose to serve. Um, I got a book I'm going to bring you to. You talked about so, it earlier. I'm going to bring you Shepherdology by John MacArthur. Oh, MacArthur. I'm going to bring you that. So much. He handles the things that you're supposed to do in a church, but he handles it from the biblical view. Well, let's do some house cleaning as we close out. Sure. Um, the um, in in the coming new year. Um, We've made some plans uh, to do some individual teaching. I know that you've got some stuff you want to do, and I've got some stuff I want to do, and we're going to do some video. Probably going to put out a, a <laughs> might be stupid, to put out a YouTube channel at this point, because our stuff will probably not last stay on there long. But we're going to do something in which we can get video to out to people. Um Maybe and I think we're going to record the podcast, I'm thinking, as we're recording. We may right try now. that. I thought we would try that and see what happens. I think we should. Uh, they probably don't want to see our faces. <laughs> no, but they get We have faces. See. I have a face made for radio and a body made for a Pillsbury, Pillsbury Doughboy commercial. Well, I have the face for radio. <laughs> Definitely. So We may have more viewers if we just stay <laughs> in audio. <laughs> but in all seriousness, we, we are trying to... Branch uh, out. We're trying to do different things because... There were some things that I had initially, when we had spoke, we had talked about doing that we've been... COVID-19, 2020 has been a, been a, been a, been a, been a, what do they call that? A dumpster fire all year. So we've had some issues. We've had some technology problems along the way. But uh, I think... You uh, did click the right thing soundbar today didn't you i did actually right. so we're good but i think those of you are listening know that joke we're going to see some some issues uh no, be they resolved now don't know that joke what's that they don't know that joke that i know the other do because no they don't know that joke because we lost isaiah Absolutely. we made that joke in isaiah okay here's pull back the curtain again we've lost two oh, completely sorry. recorded episodes thanks to my computer we lost uh a Christmas episode recorded on the 18th of December. I forgot. I'm sorry. And I didn't so mean that's to bring that up. okay. No, that's fine. It's part of the cleaning house thing. Uh, we also lost the second part of the Bible translations. So, so we'll do that in again. the future. We're going to record part two and part three at the same time, same day, and release them a couple weeks apart. 
We are going to have Jonathan back on to finish up some stuff. We'll probably do that stuff. this month, I would say. Yeah, probably so. And we're going to do some stuff. May not get around a video till February or so. Might get to it in January. I don't know. Uh, depends on how many times we can we can uh, we can record. As it stands, I know next week's off limits for me. I have to work weekend, so I can't do it. But uh, we're going to have continue to have guests. Uh, I'm going to continue to put that in a its own little title, Dumb with Friends. I liked that. That was Chaylin's idea, and I like that. And I did it for the first time with, with Pastor Tom, and uh, we're going to start we're moving. We're going to have him back on, I think, aren't we? I believe we are. Yes, yes. It is the plan. Whenever it works out for him, we get a topic that he's really interested in. I want him to be able to come here and talk about something other than just his local church and, and the idea of uh, church government. We were getting around to what we were what we mainly had him on to talk about was Talk about it. he's such an interesting guy. He's got he's a good storyteller, and he's got an interesting life. Uh, has met a lot of interesting people along the way. And he's done um, something at that, that church that will people tell you cannot be done. Yeah, especially where we live. Especially our in our local in our local area, people say you can't do that type of, of preaching. You can't do that type of church government. But it worked. And that's why 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 what he's doing is why we are there. Yeah, I respect him. I mean, that's why he was a great guest. I think that was a good episode. Uh, I apologize for the hit and miss quality of the uh, 12 days 12 songs of christmas some of them were good and some of them sounded bad and i don't know why i recorded the same way each time i uh, did like we Keith, we three kings and big cigars i did like that song that was probably my favorite song of the whole that's a, it's a good song huh? <laughs> uh, that was my first attempt at multi-tracking my voice on this well, computer and it, it it worked okay okay that's not making fun of you that's making fun of me understanding sure song lyrics sure sure because i actually thought that song said we three kids well it smokes big cigars it's like that uh, there's a there's a whole book about misheard lyrics <laughs> where you have credence clearwater revivals bad moon rising people think there's a bathroom on the right <laughs> there's a bad moon on the right <laughs> i heard that one yeah excuse me while i kiss this guy with some instead of excuse me while i kiss the sky yeah. Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. There's lots of them. We won't go down all that rabbit hole. I, I have music trivia coming out my ears. But uh, anyway, we've got things coming in the future. Um, video technology is here. It's just not, I really haven't work, worked out. Yeah, the, the camera is staring at him it, right now. It's yeah, on. it's learning how to synchronize sound with the camera. That's going to be the difficulty. Yeah. I don't I don't want to have one of those videos where you were. Your lips are moving, and then the words come out a few seconds later. It looks like poorly Look dubbed, like the old, poorly dubbed yeah. Bruce Lee film from the China. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we've got we've got some things in the works. Uh, I can't promise you when or how it's going to happen, but at some point, I am going to do the Book of Mark. Yeah, you've been on that for a while. A long time. I have accumulated I probably multiple commentaries at this point, and I might as well start putting them to use. And I probably will do the Book of James first, because I've kind of got a head start on that. I'll do so some stuff on that. I will probably... I'm excited about that. ...do the Book of James, probably. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably thinking about starting in the spring, doing that. Um I thought yes. about the book of Mark, and then I'll probably do an Old Testament book. Who knows? I might do Daniel again. As much as I've done Daniel twice, we're getting ready to go through Daniel. It's taken me a long time each time to do Daniel, but and we'll we're getting see. ready to go through Daniel Church too. That yes. should be coming up any week. So, so what you will see in the future is an occasional solo episode, or you'll have a separate video feed that will be us doing teaching in front of the camera. Uh, there may be video podcast in the in the works. Uh, so many different things. I'm even thinking about getting. Colin roped into doing some music every once in a while. We'll just do some music on. You can't do it on the podcast for copyright issues, but uh, could get a thing where you could just do covers and stuff and do worship music uh, in an online setting, either on a YouTube video channel or on the on our website or some other 
feed. But I got some things in the works. Um, Chael and I have had some ideas that I think are good, and I, I think we'll we'll have fun. Could turn I, out to be training. All wrecks, I can say though is that I can say this though. I'm more excited than ever about this podcast and about the future of this ministry. And I think we both consider it a ministry. An oh, outreach, absolutely. An outreach. Um, next time we, we get together, we're going to do an actual topic. It's not just a... We're, we're, we're going to do something a little more... Teaching. Teaching. Uh, although this was teaching, honestly, if you get right down to it. But we're going to do something a little less, uh, just our opinion or our soliloquies on where the world is. But we do belatedly wish you a Merry Christmas. We We will say Happy New Year to you all and... We're so grateful that you've listened to us in 2020. Uh, we're very thankful. Our numbers are pretty decent for a small podcast, you know, for, for what we do. And and I'm surprised at that. With no With push, no promotion. Because we, we, we don't know how to self-promote. Uh, but, but we do have a way to get a hold of us. That's right. We do. Tell we them. Do. Uh, you can go to the website, www.dumbspeak.com. That, once again, that is www.dumbspeak.com. And you can email us your questions, comments, whatever you would like to say. Suggestions uh, for show Suggestions ideas. for show ideas, topics that you would like to be discussed. Uh, that email is comments, plural, comments, plural, at dumbspeak.com. Comments, plural, at dumbspeak.com. And Roy, why don't you take us home? Well, until next time, folks, you've been listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Happy, New- Happy 2021, and we'll see you soon.